We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome once again to the programme, which is famous all the way from Land's End to Land's End. Let me introduce the teams right away. On my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my left, Tim Brooke Taylor and William Rushton. They'll be, they'll be playing a series of games which defy belief, and we're going to start right away with the first one, which is called Double Feature. This round arises from the parlous state of the international film industry. For economic reasons, new films have to be remakes of pairs of old films, and I want to hear the resulting titles from the team, starting with Willie Rushton. Um, I thought a happy marriage of Tom Thumb and She Stoops to Conquer... There's some, somebody up there likes me. Uh, <laughs> we thought that, Willie. I thought that. Nobody yeah. else did. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Jordan and Worldly lived in. We must yeah. get taller Grand audiences. Yeah. Yes, I thought that was very good. Very yes, good excellent. indeed. Yes. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Ah. Um, yes, I was uh, thinking of making a movie for the domestic market. Uh, Frankenstein with Vera Cruz. Dracula has risen from the grave and journey's end, and you'll get Frank and Vera from Gravesend. <laughs> <laughs> too clean, too clean. Uh, Tim Brooke Taylor. Have you met Frank and Vera? <laughs> Mine is more of a, a follow-up, immediate follow-up, to Seagulls Over Sorrento, which is entitled, Oh God, It's All Over My Sleeve. <laughs> this, this, in fact, stars <laughs> Al Jolson, <laughs> Walter Pigeon... <laughs> And Sean Canary. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Barry Cryer. What a shock. Um, well, I, <laughs> I envisaged um, composing a film that has the elements of uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Silk Stockings, Robert E. Lee, and Billy the Kid. And I would call the new film Who's a Silly Billy. <laughs> Very good. But on the other hand, I might... No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Let's hurry along to the point of the game where I introduce a round that's played at the end of the programme and uh, from now on, the teams will be racking their brains, which will explain a lot that's to come, uh, to think of uh, names of people arriving at the Economist's Ball. The Economist's Ball. You still there? Yeah, the Economist's <laughs> Ball. Okay, we come to a round called Kim's Game, which is based on the well-known <laughs> parlour game. A number of items will uh, pass along a conveyor belt in front of uh, each team, and they have to remember as many of them as possible. The conveyor belt goes for 10 seconds, and there are 30 seconds for recollection, and the, the recollectors can take home everything that they remember. Oh, gosh. So Colin Sell at the piano, who didn't get into that last game, but I didn't... <laughs> is going to accompany the music of the uh, conveyor belt as we start it now.
Right. Graham and Barry, you've had time now what? to study those. If you come out if you come out front now. Keep thinking. Oh. <laughs> right. You um, have ten seconds now to tell um, us how um, many or oh, no you don't, you have thirty seconds to tell us how many objects you remember. Starting now. <laughs> By the hairs on your wrist, Humph. Um, a life size jelly model of Cyril Smith. Yeah, um, there were two of those. Two of those, yes. Two of those. They took up half the conveyor belts, as I remember. Yes. There was a cake. There was a cake. There was a, a do-it-yourself royal tournament. Yes. Was that right? Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Was, uh, was the inflatable. Um... Oh no, we don't mention that. I don't want to. <laughs> I would like to take that home actually, because no, I could never no, explain it. But, um, <laughs> a Nicholas Parsons doll. Yes. Yes. In the wind it up and it. Uh, yes. All over does, the floor. Doesn't it? Yes. And, yes. Uh, in the very well. <laughs> oh, a conveyor belt. There was a conveyor, conveyor belt. belt. Yeah. Yes. yes. Did, did, you see a, did you see a rubber tuning fork? Yes, a rubber tuning fork. Rubber tuning yes. fork. There, was. no, there wasn't one there. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, your 10 or 30 seconds is up, whichever is the longer. And uh, you scored quite a remarkable score, and you can take all those things home uh, with you right after the show with the uh, exception of the jelly model of Cyril Smith, which will oh. be delivered to you by airship. We <laughs> do well! <laughs> it's time now for Tim and Willie for your conveyor belt, so are you all set? Yeah. Right. Starting now. <laughs> There you are. Now, Tim and Willie, what do you that, recollect? That was a 27-foot juddering blur <laughs> with um, a good deal of interference, um, which uh, I would like to take home. There was an, an empty fig, I saw. Um, there was oh, oh, a lavatory brush. Or it might have, the lavatory brush might have been Rolf Harris lying down. I couldn't quite, <laughs> quite see from here. An elephant stuffed with umbrellas and only three legs. <laughs> oh, yeah, there were t 20 uh, second-hand Max Bygraves LPs only used once. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Yes, one of those. Yes. yes. Uh, and a Good. Mm. That's all. That's all. Thank you very much. You've had your 25 seconds. And you've and done well. A good well. deal of fun. We're going on now to the ad-lib poem. The team's going to make up a poem. Each member must keep going until I press this buzzer. Then a member of the opposite team must take over. This goes on until we reach the natural conclusion or until the studio is cleared. <laughs> I give you the first line. Graham, I'm going to ask you to take up... The... A drama. I'm going to ask you to take up the opening line, and here it is. It was the best I ever saw from Bristol to Benghazi. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best I ever saw from Bristol to Benghazi. You may not find that easy to believe. Maybe you're just lazy. <laughs> not arsy, you know. It's not arsy. Now, lazy is a funny word. The pronunciation's apt. <laughs> Tim. The judge said, I quite agree. And his gavel. He then rapped. The okay. judge... We have not mentioned before this moment, here in time. The judge, his name was Justice Once, and he was a friend of mine. When I say friend, 
<laughs> he wasn't close. More an acquaintance, he. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. In fact, I'd only met him once. He once came round for tea. He ate boiled eggs and ham and stew and rhubarb tart as well. Ole. <laughs> he said, now have a cup of tea. And your story, please do tell. By the way, would you like tea in my chambers? He said, <laughs> as he was standing up. I said, if it's all the same to you, I'd rather have a cup. <laughs> And so the bags they were brought out, and jolly girls were they. And... One whose name was Sybil, and the other, Arthur May. <laughs> A motley pair to find around in environs of Lincoln's Inn. But then, if you wandered around with a wig on your head, you can't always win. <laughs> I'm Next with... day, the judge and I, we were up before the beak. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, let us say, be honest, is better than being up the creek. <laughs> the magistrate, with aspect stern, rebuked us. And he said, Pray, will you, sir, remove that hat or wig from off your head? The judge said, This sir, is a symbol of my place in law. It's boring, but it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> my place in law. Um, in law, I've got to try in law now. Um, and come to that, you've won yourself. What, ex uh, what explanation's yours? <laughs> the magistrate called upon Hump to press the buzzer then. <laughs> I can take a hint. Right, we're going to the next uh, round now, which uh, I'm not sure whether we ought to leave this one out, actually. This is the one that's called Straight Face, and in this round the aim is not to amuse the audience. Each panellist in turn says a word, and the first one who gets a laugh from the studio audience is disqualified. The remaining three continue the game in rotation until only one survives, and to that one we award the uh, prize for this week. So absolute quiet in the studio, please. And we're going to start this one with Tim Brooke-Taylor. Quiet, please. New Bolsbrick. Cottage. Plinth. Trifle. Rumble. Rhubarb. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Sorry about that, Quite Tim. Right. You're disqualified. Can we take it up again with Barry? Gusset. Right, that leaves two of them. <laughs> Willie Rushton and Graham Garden. Willie. Um, bicycle. Clip. <laughs> Please, a lot of coughing in the audience, don't you? <laughs> Abraham's bosom. That's two. I know, but 
Tim both, both Willie Rutton and Graham Gardner disqualified. <laughs> so uh, Tim Brooke Taylor wins that round. <laughs> we like have the round now which is called tag wrestling. This one's absolutely riveting, as you probably remember. This one I give each team the payoff of a story, different payoff for each team. And I then start one team off telling a story to work towards their punchline. And whenever I feel like it, I shall press the buzzer and a member from the opposite team will have to take up their story, making for their punchline. And we'll have, first of all, uh, Graham and Barry, your punchline. If you'd better write it down, because it's a bit complex. All right? I'm a ferret handler, said Craddock. And this stethoscope is booby-trapped. <laughs> and Tim and Willie, do you want your punchline? You'd better have it, I think. With a final tug at his cucumber... Mildred put the bicycle pump back in the wine cooler. <laughs> right, now, uh, Barry Cryer, have you started your story working towards your punchline? Um, George Craddock woke up at 7.30, as was his wont, and indeed his will, and leapt out of bed and went straight down to see his ferrets. These were his passion. Meeting in the yard, Dr Grimsdyke... Who fortunately reminded him that today was the start of the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> Look after my ferrets, he said, with a firm hand. He didn't say it with a firm hand, he meant look after the ferrets with a firm hand. He said it through thin lips. And leaping onto his bicycle, he set off for the channel. Remembering to put the bicycle pump on the bicycle so that it came in later. <laughs> Once across the <laughs> Once across the channel, he fell in with his partner, <laughs> drawing himself off. <laughs> Are we talking now about Craddock or Grimsdyke? Uh, Craddock. Craddock is the hero. Right. Yes, who left his ferrets behind. <coughs> no fool he. Craddock threw the bicycle pump far out into the waves. <laughs> where it sank slowly to the bottom, never to be seen again. Leaping onto an imminent hovercraft, he made his way home to the ferret farm. There he found Dr. Grimsdyke. Uh, Grimsdyke. <laughs> Not that funny, Barry. There he found Dr. Grimsdyke uh, studiously looking after the ferrets. In fact, only one was still alive. Dr. Grimsdyke, he said, depressed I am condition in. <laughs> this isn't a poem, is it? No. <laughs> Tell me one of your old yarns about... <laughs> When you used to um, ride bicycles. <laughs> oh, in the olden days, said Dr. Grimsdyke, <laughs> helpfully. That would be when I went cycling with Mildred. Yes, that's the one, he said. Well, I cycled over the channel, he said. And uh, over the channel we went with this boat and it broke down. And out came a tug. This story was self-evidently so boring <laughs> that Craddock thought... I will kill this man if he doesn't stop this story. So he wrenched the stethoscope from Dr. Grimsdyke's neck. Have a care, he said. I'm a ferret handler, said Craddock. And this... <laughs> Killed him and set off to the channel again. <laughs> Dover Harbour was empty. There was, fortunately, a final tug leaving called the Ashes Cucumber Mildred. <laughs> Actually, it was the ATS Cucumber Mildred. 
because she'd been in the acts and had a funny way about her, <laughs> which I wouldn't advise you to take on any, even a 14-day tour. So, with, with the final tug, as you come to Mildred, uh, he set off across the channel. Uh, falling in, fortunately, was a man who was by profession a wine cooler. Who <laughs> <laughs> would walk around, heavy red biddy, dropping ice into it, or, I mean, those who know their wine cooling will know. Pretty technical experience, but you can. You can cool wine quite quickly if you know your way and your onions. Onions don't come into it. They came in. <laughs> can I buzz for repetition? No, it's the wrong programme, sorry. Onions not coming into it, he took a flagon of cool wine and set off back for England. There, at the docks at Boulogne, he saw a boat. That's not an The HMS Tandler said Craddock and this stethoscope is booby trapped. <laughs> oh, what kind of boat are you? he said. I'm a ferry. Tandler said Craddock and this... You ha- oh, 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 oh. Wow. Yeah, we'll let him have it. Yeah. Well done, Tim and Willie, and we go on to the next <laughs> round, which is... which is called Censored Songs. I'm going to ask each of you to sing a song. I don't know why. And during the song, it'll be your task to censor with your buzzers any word that you think will offend our audience here. And I may tell you that you have a pretty wide range. Graham, you're going to start this one. I'd like you to censor your version of I've Got a Lovely Bunch of Coconuts. I've got a lovely bunch of... Here they are, standing in a row. A big one, small one, some mixture in. Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, and oh, the drop off. No, no. Self praise is no recommendation. <laughs> it's a kindness, I think. <laughs> in the long run, to be fair, it was a long run. Tim, will you bring a little uh, innocence back into the program with your song, which is "When the Children Are Asleep." When the children are asleep, we'll sit and. Things that every other dad and mother When the children are asleep and lights are low If I still you the way I you today You'll pardon my saying I told you so <laughs> Barry Cryer, it's impossible for you, get, for you to get into any trouble with this next one. A nice cup of tea. I like a nice in the morning <laughs> to start the day, you see. And at half past eleven, well, my idea of heaven is a nice. I like a nice with my dinner and a nice with my tea and when it's time for bed there's a lot to be said for a nice cup of tea Willie Rushton with a certain amount of dread I ask you to do your own censored version of thank heaven for little girls don't I see Each time I see a little girl 
the five or six or seven. Oh. I can't resist a joyous urge to... <laughs> And say, thank heaven. <laughs> for little, for little, get bigger every day. Thank heaven for little, they grow up in the most delightful way. Those little, so helpless and appealing, one day will flash and send you to the ceiling. Thank heaven for little. <laughs> Thank heaven for them all, no matter where, no matter who. Without them, what would little boys <laughs> Thank you. This is the point of the programme where I go home now so that I can miss your announcements to the arrivals at the, what did I say, the Economist's Ball. Who's going to start with the late arrivals at the Economist's Ball? <laughs> From Poland, <clears throat> Officer and Mr. Mrs. Krupski and their son, Ben Krupski. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Oh. All right. Will you please <laughs> give a slightly more risible welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Tory Wage Freeze and their daughter, Mandy Tory Wage Freeze. <laughs> Guests of Mr. Littleton, and welcome on the strength of it, Mr. and Mrs. Ray Nance, and their stereophonic son, Hi Fine. <laughs> Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Needle Street, and their son, Fred Needle Street, and of course his wife, the old lady of Fred Needle Street, and their funny daughter, Bianca England. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ting Pound and their daughter Flo Ting Pound. <laughs> and also a close cousin of hers, Mr. and Mrs. Pound and their pornographic filmmaker son, known as the Sin King Pound. <laughs> other relatives are the other bad day for their pounds and their son, oh, another bad day for their pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Exchange. And their strange son, Fairy Exchange. <laughs> and his imp, Orts. <laughs> Why not? Oh. Welcome, please, if only for my bank manager. Mr. and Mrs., we going to do about your overdraft. <laughs> and their son, what are we going to do about your overdraft? Here is Frau, account in a Swiss bank. And their son is known as the Gnome Berta Countess, which thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Cost of Living's gone up again. And their lovable TV personality son, Bilodi Cost of Living's gone up again. <laughs> lovable? <laughs> I withdraw my entry. <laughs> Please would you welcome Mr. and Mrs. Cum's Policy and their unemployable son, the unworkable Ian Cum's Excellent. How many welcome also, please? Loosen your stays to welcome Mr. and Mrs. Dunn putting my money into shares. <laughs> <laughs>
And their son, what have I done putting my money into share? <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ted Securities and her daughter, Jewel Ted Securities. <laughs> like that. Like it. Somebody knows her. Will you please, on a hopeful note, welcome Mr. and Mrs. Million Unemployed by Christmas and their son, Arthur Million Unemployed by Christmas. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, at this point, a pause. Uh, hump, you, you cannot have seen. Gone, William. Oh, sorry. sorry. So Mr. No. and Mrs. Sparwell <laughs> and their son with the unfortunate speech defect, Wedge Sparwell. This <laughs> is Roy Jenkins speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Dingscale and their crafty, extremely unpopular son, Sly Dingscale. <laughs> Very welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Inbank and their daughter from Dublin, Irish Lynn Inbank. <laughs> We also welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Fund and their cosmopolitan son already, the International Manny Terry Fund. <laughs> no, he won't, I think. A Greek party who have just visited a recording of the goodies. Will you welcome, all the way from Athens, Mr. and Mrs. Motion Study and their son, Timon Motion Study. As well known, ragbag, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, and son. <laughs> <laughs> Seems a good point, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Monius and their son, Percy Monius. <laughs> we needed an anticlimax at the time. Like <laughs> I'm from America, Tex Fiddle. <laughs> the Mrs. The Wall the and their son, Baxter The Wall. <laughs> And there are the R deficits, with their daughter Doll R deficits. <laughs> Would you welcome, please, Mr. Peter Andrew Y.E., who's better known perhaps as P.A. <laughs> well, they always say that you should finish a show leaving them wanting more. <laughs> so this is the point where I tell you the score. Oh, God, the score. Can you come back next week, teams? No. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you then. You're, you're all doing well. And uh, we shall be back with you next week. That's all for this week. So until then, goodbye now. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor, and William Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Simon Brett. Thank you.